height wasn't my spiritual gift. So good to be with you. I was praying yesterday, and just as you're standing, I want to share something with you. Uh, praying, I uh, felt the Holy Spirit uh, speak to me and say that this church, and it is already up into the, well, he didn't make it to the promised land, but as he took them out towards the promised land, the Holy Spirit spoke to me about the church. And uh, he said, uh, it reminded me of a passage of Scripture in Exodus 17. And in this passage of Scripture, Moses has taken the people out of Egypt and they're in the desert. And they've been there for like ages. There's no food, there's no water. And the people begin to quarrel and argue with Moses and they start having to dig at him and they're just arguing with him. And Moses is freaking out. And uh, Moses goes to God, which is the best thing to do when you freak out. And And he says, God, help me. I need your help. And so God says, Moses, this is what I want you to do. I want you to gather all the people. I want you to get all the elders together, stand at the rock of Horeb, get the the staff that you tossed into the water with, and I want you to whack the rock, and water is going to come out, and all of the people will have water to drink. And so Moses does. He gathers all the people around, gets the elders there, and he hits the rock, and water comes out. And all the people have, uh, they drink, and they party, and they celebrate. And it's an incredible uh, victory. Later on in, uh, in Numbers chapter 20, the same thing happens. Again, the people are starving and they're thirsty and they begin to winch. And they begin to quarrel with Moses and argue with him and question his leadership. So Moses, this time with Aaron, goes back to God and he's like, God, not again. Please, I need help. And God says, I want you to go to the rock. And this time I want you to speak to the rock and water will come out. So Moses gathers all the elders and the people around the rock and Moses stands there and he remembers back. He remembers back to what worked before. And uh, he grabbed his staff and instead of speaking to the rock, he hits the rock and nothing happens. And so he goes, no, no, it worked before, so it's got to work again. And he gets his staff and he hits the rock again and all of a sudden water pours out. And again, he's like, yes, God's done it again. And the people party and God loves them still and a miracle happens and they all drink and everything's okay. But you see, Moses was disobedient to God. He didn't do what God wanted him to do. And as a result, he was cut off from the promised land. But yeah, Moses did get what he wanted in that moment. He got what he needed right then and there. But Moses gave up what he wanted most, what he desired most for what he he wanted right there. And God says this morning, individually and collectively as a church, don't give up what you want most for what you want right now. Because you see, God had more for Moses. He he got cut off because of his disobedience from all that God had for him. Because he went back to his former ways. God says to you this morning, Isaiah 43, forget the former things. See that I'm doing a new thing. You see, the Holy Spirit is already doing a new thing in this church. But you can't go back to the way that things were. You can't. See, the Bible says that those who are in Christ Jesus, the old has gone and the new has come. God is bringing this church into a new season. But you've got to forget the former ways of doing things. God is making a way in the wilderness and He's making streams in the desert for this church. God has more for you. Don't give up what you want most for what what you want most, what you want right now. God had more than Moses could ask for. He had more than Moses could think about. He had more than Moses could dream or imagine, but he missed out. Let me pray over you this morning. Lord, I just thank you. 
If you're a, if this church is your home, would you just open up your arms this morning to God? Father, I thank you for this great church. I thank you, Lord, you have more for it. God, I ask that you would, that, Father, we would leave behind the former things, that we would step into the new thing. I pray you would open eyes, God. Give them eyes to see what's ahead. Give them eyes to see the new thing. And God, I just declare favor upon this church. I declare prosperity. Lord, those people who are struggling financially, I declare breakthrough in the name of Jesus. God, you have more for them. God, I thank you for an Ephesians 3.20 spirit over this church. That God, they will do more than all they can think about. They will do more than all they can ask. They will do more than they can dream or imagine. According to your power, Holy Spirit, that is in them. And I thank you for a new season. We leave behind the old ways and we step into the new thing today by the power and the name of Jesus. And I just declare it upon your people. This church, in Jesus' name, bless them, Father, as a church, as a family. And God, I thank you for the incredible miracles that this church will see at the work of your hands. Bless them in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, beautiful. You can just grab a seat. So good. Awesome. Man, what a beautiful church. What a good-looking church. This is great. Man. It's uh, so good to be here. And uh, thank you for having me. My name is Matt Wildsmith. I'm a youth pastor at Globe Church. And uh, I do know Pastor Lottie, but I just thank the team for having me this morning. It's really, uh, it's an honor and a privilege to share God's word uh, anytime. Um, But in, hey, Mr. Powell, this guy was my uh, teacher in year eight. So good to see you, Rob Powell. Give it up for Rob Powell. Awesome. And his family, beautiful people. He uh, used to give me free cans of Coke. During lessons, I remember one day with Mr. Powell, uh, he said to me, I was sitting in class, and he goes, Matt, get down to the front now. I'm freaking out, going, what's wrong? What have I, what have I done? Uh. And um, I haven't hooked up with any girls lately. I haven't done anything bad. I mean, I went to a Christian school. You know, you've got to be like 30 Bible spaces apart. You can't be with girls and whatever. And uh, anyway, I walk down the front, and he's just, man, he's looking angry. And he says, oh, Matty, I just need some, a hand with my footy tips. Can you help me out? <laughs> And uh, he was awesome. He was so good. Good to see you. And the wards, Derek and Beth Ward, these guys are amazing. These are the two of the most. They're just there in the middle. Put your hand up. Somebody, t- somebody take them out for lunch. Buy them a free coffee. They're two of the most faithful and loyal people uh, that I've ever known. They're amazing. And Josh Davey, thanks. Uh, I'm on a Youth Alive team with Josh, so it's always good to hang out with you. He's, he's amazing. And... Uh, Yes, so a little bit about me. I uh, am a Manchester United fan. I am a fanatic. I love the Cronulla Sharks. Can't stand the Knights. They did win yesterday. Miracles do happen. And, uh, and, and they do happen because the Cronulla Sharks won last year. Never thought they would. They never will again, but that's okay. I uh, love them no matter what. Uh, I'm an LA Lakers fan. They're coming last, I think, as well. It's a common theme here of losing teams that I support. And uh, if I was to support lawn bowls, it'd have to be the local Redhead Bowling Club because that's where I'm from. So, uh, I don't. Any lawn bowlers out there today? Down the front, Daniel. Awesome, man. That's cool. That's great. And uh, yeah, stoked to be here this morning. We're going to have fun together. Are you ready? Beautiful. Okay, let's get into God's Word. If you would, would you please turn to John chapter 11? John chapter 11. 
And we're going to be reading from verse 17 in just a moment. A little bit of context for you. I think the scripture might pop up on the screen at some time. Uh, in this uh, passage of scripture, uh, we have a few characters. There's Lazarus, okay? There's Jesus. We all know him. Uh, Mary and Martha. Not Mary, the mother of Jesus. Martha's sister, Mary. At this time uh, in the story, uh, Lazarus is probably the closest person to Jesus other than his immediate family. And uh, in a letter that Mary and Martha write to Jesus, they say to uh, the one whom, uh, sorry, the one whom you love is sick, uh, talking about uh, Jesus' love for Lazarus. They're very, very close. And so what has happened is Lazarus uh, has been very, very ill, and Mary and Martha write to Jesus because they know him. They know that he is the son of God. They know that he can heal people, do incredible, uh, miraculous signs and wonders. So they write to him in desperate need, and they say, uh, Jesus, please, Lazarus is sick. Please come and, and please heal him. We know that you can heal him. And so Jesus gets their letter, and uh, he, he has a look, and, and he waits two days before going to see Lazarus. And uh, we pick up the story when he arrives at the gate, Mary stays at home, and Martha rushes out to meet Jesus. And we're going to read from here in verse 17. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah. Beautiful. So good. Make me feel at home. We're a loud bunch at Globe. Okay, here we go. Uh, John 11, 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Everybody say four days. days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who is to come into the world. After, we'll skip forward, that's verse 28. We're going to skip forward to, uh, if you would please, verse uh, 38. Jesus, once more deeply moved, uh, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, Martha uh, said, Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Everybody say four days. Repetition of scripture always means something. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you uh, always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. That would be a great sermon title, but it isn't mine. (laughs) Sounds good, doesn't it? Let me pray over the word this morning. If you'd bow your heads and close your eyes. Oh, you don't have to. That's what we say at school. I work at a school. Anyway, Lord, I just thank you for your word. Father, I thank you that it is powerful, that, Lord, when it goes out, it doesn't return void. But, Lord, I thank you that your word this morning will set out and accomplish everything that you want it to accomplish today in the name of Jesus. We love you, God. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you'd have your way, that people would be able to read between the lines this morning and just see and hear from you. God, I pray for revelation this morning, 
that we wouldn't just learn a bit about you, but we would experience you, that we would encounter you in your fullness. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Awesome. Plans. Has anybody, uh, has anybody ever had a plan, right, and it's failed? Yeah? Anybody uh, plan really, really well? Plan, you know, you just, it's just like, man, you're structured, you've got it all set out. And along the journey, the plan just seems to kind of die along the way. And the plan needs some sort of resurrection power. I'm not just talking about any power. Man, it just needs saving. Is anyone, yeah? You see, I'm a sanguine personality, which means uh, I'm unorganized. I don't even know the definition of that word. I had to read it a few times to uh, be able to articulate it this morning. I have no idea what that is, okay? You don't want to see my life. It's crazy. Uh, you know, I probably parked in a disabled car park before in my life when I was younger, and uh, which means, you know, I'm getting to a party and I've just got no idea. I'll just chuck my car anyway, won't even look. It's just my personality. I'm a little erratic. I'm a little out there. I'm a bit wild. My wife, however, is incredibly structured, and I tried to be structured and planned once in my life, right, really, really well. Uh, well, twice, because I did for this too. Um, but uh, it was the moment, all right, when I was about to propose to my now wife. Yeah, she said, yes, there's my ring, everybody. That's the ring finger, by the way. Whoops. There you go. There it is. Got married. Eight months. Just over eight months, actually. July 2nd. I've got to keep that date. Repetition, repetition. So I don't forget it. And uh, just last year in April, right, I, I planned this out really, really well. So I booked flights to, to go from Sydney to Adelaide. My wife just loves wine. Anyone drink wine here? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's beautiful. Well, the smell of it is. I, don't, I can't stand the taste. I don't drink alcohol. But she loves it. So I thought, I'm going to fly to Adelaide, go to this incredible vineyard uh, called Molly Duca, and, uh, and I'm going to propose to her there. And I planned it all out. I even rang her boss like the day before and asked if she could have the day off, right? That's pretty organized. No, it was the week before. It was all good. Still not very planned. Anyway, so I had this plan uh, to rock up at her house. She had no idea. She thought she was just going to work on a regular Monday. I had convinced her that I had no money for a ring. She, she knew that I had no money, right? And uh, so it was, really, it was really awesome. I had the ring. I was ready to go. And my plan, right, was to rock up at her house and wake her up at 5.30 a.m. <laughs> Can you see where this is going, people? Yeah. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Anyway. So I roll up at her house and her sister Ellie, uh, who was meant to open the door for me, was fast asleep. Yeah, plan started to die from the beginning, but I had a key. I opened the door and uh, I went in and uh, this, is, this is how it was uh, meant to be. I, I gave a rose to Scout and uh, a little bit of paper, a little note that said, uh, hey, you've been given the day off. We, we're going off on, adve on an adventure. And uh, that would work really, really well. Uh, if Scout had have done her job. But you see, Scout isn't a human being. Scout is the, uh, how do I say it, household pet. She is a dog, right? And I decided to slip this in her collar. Uh, and this is the way it was meant to go down, all right? Ellie was meant to gracefully open the door. And then Scout was to wander in and brush up against Beck's face and she would arise and the note would fall in her lap. The rose would flip up into the air into her mouth. She would sit up and just see myself in all of my glory. And uh, she would just arise and be like, oh, I'm in love with you. Oh, yes, I say yes already. Put the ring on my finger. That is how it was meant to go down. And she smoked, wave her hair like that, like the motorbike thing. And, and uh, how many people know that it did not happen that way? Yes, well, woohoo! So this is what happened. Ellie, my beautiful now sister-in-law, got a little bit excited about the moment. She grabbed hold of the door. She flung it wide open. It smacked poof, 
into the wall. The house shakes. Beck sits up in the bed. All she can see is a dark figure. It's 5.30 in the morning. You can't even see. It's standing lurking weirdly over her bed. She sees an animal that looks like a wolf, again a dark figure, and she screams, what's going on? The dog, Scout, stumbles really tiredly over the bed, falls over, crushes the rose and the note. Again, Beck sits up, stares at the dark, weird figure, myself, and says, what is going on? The plan was dying from the beginning. Anyway, so I, I, I grabbed Beck and I explained what was happening. We jumped in the car. We, he- we are now heading down the highway, okay? And my plan began to die a little further and I'm just needing some resurrection power. My car, um, <clears throat> how do I say this, began to overheat. I'm proposing, people. This isn't her birthday. I couldn't give a rip. Man, this is like important stuff. All right, this is huge. Her birthday's April 13, by the way, repetition. Just keeping it real. And we're going down the highway. I'm like, man, this is not good. Now, I'm not good with cars, all right? You know how you have like that, what's that green stuff you're supposed to put in it? Coolant or something? Whatever. <laughs> didn't have it. Didn't have water. I didn't know what to do. So I, I, we, we pulled the car over and we ran to the airport. No, I'm kidding. All right, we ran to the train station at Arimba. That's where we were. We get to the train. We just make it on time and we get down to the airport. Now, you know those... Um, Terminal things at the airport where you punch your name in. Yep, yep. Anybody? There's this little, yeah, instead of talking to the person, it saves you time. You can put in your reference number. Yes, cool. I get there and I type in my name. All booked, right? It's all booked. And uh, my car's dead. It's gone, by the way. And I type Matthew Wildsmith in and Beck and blah, blah, blah. It pops up, right, with Matthew Wildsmith, one ticket to Melbourne. But I was going to Adelaide. What is going on? And not only that, there was two of us going. And so I'm freaking out. I am losing it right now. My plan was dying. Man, I should just go back to not planning. And anyway, so along came the lady from Tiger Air. Bless Tiger Air. Okay, right? Didn't have too much money. All right? I'm a youth pastor. Um, Kidding. Anyway, so she comes along and uh, I said, please, ma'am, I need your help. Okay, I have this plan and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Bex is wondering, man, this is amazing. I'm like, this is not amazing. We're not going anywhere at the moment. And, uh, and she looks up our booking and finds our tickets, all right, to Adelaide. So at that present time, this is so weird. I've never met another Wildsmith other than my own family. At that time, there was another Matthew Wildsmith going to Melbourne at the exact time I was going to Adelaide. I could not believe it. It was just like, and it was thing after thing, and I'll be here all day if I keep telling you. And then she said, yes, though, right? How good is that? How good is that feeling? It was amazing. We got married and all that kind of stuff. But uh, plans that fail. Plans that fail. Mary and Martha had a plan for Jesus to come. They wrote the letter. They wanted Jesus to come and heal Lazarus. But he didn't come. And when Jesus gets to the gate, it's, it's actually uh, quite interesting because I have a feeling here that uh, I sense that Martha has a bit of an identity crisis with Jesus. She knows that Jesus is God and that he can heal, but she doesn't know Jesus in his fullness. What happens is they have a conversation at the gate. Uh, Martha runs to Jesus. Now, you've got a picture. She is desperate because Lazarus has been dead in the tomb for days right, four days. And she says, Jesus, if only you had have been here, you could have saved him. Your resurrection power could have saved him. My plan could have worked. And Jesus says, your brother will rise again. 
And she goes, oh, yeah, I know. I mean, I guess at the resurrection at the last day, yeah, I suppose. And he says, no, 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 Martha, I am right now in this present moment, the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? And she says, well, I believe that you're the son of God who's to come into the world. And she answers like a politician. She doesn't actually answer the question. How many people know what I'm talking about? Well, yeah, you're the son of God. And Jesus is just like, are you kidding? I am right now the resurrection and the life. I wonder how many days of the week we wake up and we just kind of go about our business and we're like, yeah, I believe that Jesus is the son of God. And I believe that when I go to church and worship, you know, it's good. I get some warm fuzzies and it's a really good life. But I just wonder if we know that right now in this day, in this very moment, that Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life, that he is alive, that he lives in us by his Holy Spirit, that, you know, what the Bible says, that today is the day of salvation. You see, he's dealt with our past, he holds our future, but he moves in our today. He is present. He is the now God. If you're taking notes, point one is exactly that, that the the past is dealt with. He holds our future, but God moves in our today. He moves now. Why? Because he's the resurrection and the life now. He wants to move in your life every single day, Monday all the way through to the next Monday, day in, day out in the community. And I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know what plans you had financially or in your marriage or in your relationship or, or, or in this church. I don't know how things are going for you at the moment, but I want to tell you if they're not going to plan, he is the resurrection and the life and he has the power not just to modify your situation and make it a little bit better. He doesn't modify our behavior, but he transforms it. He is a transformational God. He turns it inside out. You know the difference between human beings and God is that we forgive just like God, but we don't forget. He washed away our sins. He forgets about it. Who's the person who brings it up all the time? Oh, it's the devil. No, it's us. Yeah, he deceives us, but we believe him. Don't buy the lie. He's a transformational God. He right now today in this moment is the resurrection and the life today. Don't wait for tomorrow. Be who you want to be tomorrow, today, in this moment. You know, uh, I remember being at, uh, I, I work in, or used to work in a state high school, and I was the chaplain there, and uh, a kid came to me one day, and he sits down, and we're just talking about a few issues in his family, and uh, he goes, you know what, uh, Matt, I want to be like you. I want to be like you. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I want to do what you do. I said, do you even know what I do? He's like, well, yeah, you help people. I said, yeah, I'm a bit more than that, mate. I'm a youth pastor and a chaplain. And do you know what that is? And he says, no, tell me. And I said, well, it's a Christian person. I told him, There's my, that's my opportunity for the gospel right there. Well, no, what's the Christian thing about? Bang, there it is. The gospel went right through it. He's like, well, this is, this is amazing. I said, have a good day, Nick. Nick gets up and he heads to the door. He walks out of the room. I go back to doing what I was doing. And uh, he, he comes back in and he says, uh, hey, Matt, uh, can I do that thing that you do? I said, Nick, come on, be a bit clearer, mate. Uh, what, what, what do you mean, that thing? He says, can I do the Christian thing? I said, you want to be a Christian? He says, yeah, I really want to be a Christian. Just heard the gospel first time. I said, come on in. So Nick comes in. I pray a salvation prayer with him. No worries. It's a high school, but he wanted it, and he gets saved. He comes to youth that week at our youth ministry, and uh, he brings a friend with him. His friend comes along, and he films the whole thing, goes back to school, shows his whole year group. The next week, another kid comes, and he's the worst kid in the whole high school. Teachers can't stand him. I'm like, oh my gosh, what have I done? 
And this kid comes in, brings uh, another friend with him. In two weeks' time, we've had like almost 10 of people in that high school come. Why? Because today is the day of salvation. Now is the time. This very moment, I mean, I could have said, oh, yeah, no worries, bro. Um, you know, I don't have a keyboard here. I'm not... You know, I can't do the whole bow your heads and close your eyes and lift your hand up thing. I'm like, who needs that stuff, man? I'm in a state high school. I don't need the keyboards. I don't need the church building. I don't need other believers around because today is the day of salvation. Wherever I am in the community, you know what? The best pastor you can be is to a secular congregation. You don't need to be doing this stuff. Uh, Same high school, just last year. Is there a clock for me? Is there a screen beauty? No? At the back. There it is. Thank you. Uh, just last year in the high school, uh, a lady was pouring, a colleague was pouring a heart out to me about her daughters who were really sick, and I'm sitting there, and it was time to go. It was 3.30. All the teachers said, Amen. And um, 3.30 is not much of a wrap-up time, is it? Anyway, so I'm there, and she's pouring her heart out to me. And, and uh, I was just ready to go, and I was, just, I was listening, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me, and he says, pray for her. I said, no worries, Lord, I'll do that in prayer time. And uh, he says, no, pray for her now. I said, no worries, Lord, I'll do that in my mind. And he says, pray for her. Uh, uh, hey, Karen, uh, it's a little bit weird, but can I just, I just really want to pray for you and your daughters. She says, I'm not a, I'm not the religious type, Matt. And I said, neither am I. This is going to be a good thing. And uh, so I did. I prayed for her. And I just prayed a simple prayer. I prayed that God would heal her daughters. And uh, I prayed that they'd find the right doctor um, to find a cure for the sickness. And uh, I opened my eyes and I grabbed my things. I was about to walk out and tears are coming down her face. Tears, just tears and tears and tears. And I could just feel the Holy Spirit just moving on her. I could feel, now she didn't get saved in that very moment, but man, salvation is not my job. My job is to step out and believe that today is the day of salvation, that God moves in the now and he will do the rest. You see, church, don't wait. Don't wait. Jump in right now. Incredible thing about this story, actually about the gospel of John. I absolutely love the gospel of John. It's a little bit different uh, from Matthew, Mark and Luke. Uh, It's incredible if you read them all. It's just, it's got this edge on it and... uh, Anyway, uh, in John chapter 2, well, actually, throughout the Gospel of John, there's three times, right, three times that Jesus delays upon answering a request of somebody very, very close to him. Family members, I'm talking about, the closest people who are asking Jesus for a miracle, he just delays on answering. It's kind of interesting. The first is uh, John chapter 2 at the wedding at Cana, okay? It's his very first miracle. Now, think about it. At this point, Jesus began his ministry at age 30. He hadn't in 30 years done a miracle. This is kind of weird. I mean, how, what do you think Mary, uh, how do you think Mary feels about this? I mean, she gives birth to him and, and, and he was promised to be the, the name above all names, the Holy One, the King, the one who does miraculous signs and wonders. And Mary's there and going, this guy hasn't done anything but homework for his whole life so far. He hadn't done a miracle. You're kidding me. Is this real? I mean... 30 years is a long time to not see a miracle from the apparent chosen one. Am I right? Anyway, so mum comes up because there's no wine, all right? She's like, look, Jesus, there's no wine. We're out of wine. Can you please do a miracle? Finally. And Jesus replies and he says, why do you involve me? Bible goes from Hebrew to Greek to English. In the Greek, okay, that actually means, it's a common uh, term. It means, it means, uh, 
you and I have nothing in common. You and I have nothing in common. This is what, uh, why do you involve me? It's what it translates to. So Mary comes to Jesus. Jesus, please, can you make some wine, do a miracle? Jesus says, uh, lady, you and I have nothing in common. Now, that is not what you say to your mum. All right, and like picture it. What's she going to do? Like, whew. In other, words, Jesus, in other words, Jesus is saying, you and I are from different worlds. My ways are higher than your ways, as it says in Isaiah. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And he delays. Now, I don't know if it was an hour or two hours. I don't know how long he delayed in that miracle. But he, said, he replied and said after that, no, my time has not yet come. And we go through our life and, and we go, God, God, why haven't you done a miracle yet? Why haven't you done a miracle yet? Well, you and I have nothing in common. Sometimes we don't understand, but there is a plan for us. And what we don't understand, we, know go, we need to go back to what we do understand, what we do know, that he's God, that he's a good God, he's a faithful God. And just because he delays in answering doesn't mean he denies in answering. John chapter 9 is the next one. Jesus' brothers say, hey, come out into Galilee, show us some miracles, do some incredible things. And Jesus says, no, my time has not yet come. And, but later on, he goes out and he does it. And then we're here in John chapter 11, when the closest person to him, other than his whole family, is sick and dying. And Mary and Martha, they write to him, Jesus, the one whom you love is dying. Please come and heal him. And Jesus, man, he could have gotten there, but he didn't. He just delayed two days. I've got other stuff to do. He didn't go. But as the story ends, Lazarus rose from the dead. Jesus brought him back to life. Just because God delays in your life doesn't mean he denies upon your request. Because you might be, I don't know what it is what, that, what you're going through this morning. I don't know the extent of it, how big, how little. But you need to hear this this morning, point number two, that because God delays doesn't mean he denies the miracle in your life. He's for you, he's not against you. And uh, it's incredible because in this particular miracle, right, in this passage, there's the four days reference. Now, back then, it was Jewish custom that uh, around the three-day mark or within the three days, the person could potentially still live on. There could be something where they come back to life or their spirit was roaming around. And it's interesting that Jesus deliberately waits till he's dead four days, four days, because by that time, the body was uh, fully decayed it was gone spirits gone all that kind of stuff this is what the jews believed and jesus is like man once you're dead you're dead but whatever i'm just going to show these people that i truly am god because there could have been doubters think about it earlier on throughout jesus life he healed jairus daughter right and and, and she was only gone for a couple of hours so people still could have doubted jesus resurrection power so jesus deliberately waits four days why because he wanted to show them that he truly was who he says he was that he is god that he is in that moment the resurrection and the life and catch this ready if he if he hadn't have waited he could have gotten there and healed jesus but mary martha all of the people there they wouldn't have known that jesus was the resurrection and the life they would have just known him as the healer they wouldn't have known ephesians 3 20 well god can do more god can do more immeasurably what can he they wouldn't have known 
So they had a greater revelation because of the delay. I wonder this morning that, that potentially, maybe, you will have a greater revelation of Christ because of the delay. Just maybe God has got some sort of plan for you. And He knows what's going on. We don't understand, but His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. And and, and my word to you this morning is, well, God's is, is don't worry. Because just, just because He's delaying doesn't mean He's denying He's got greater revelation for you, church. When I was, uh, well, I, I was originally from Sydney and my dad was a pastor. Uh, I think Keys player can come back if you want. I'm going to wrap up. Um, and uh, we, we were in a church called Sydney CLC Church, Sydney Christian Life Centre. And dad got asked to plan a church in Newcastle called uh, Newcastle Christian Life Centre. And uh, so I was a pastor's kid. And uh, when I was six years old at this church, and uh, Derek and Beth actually used to go to that church. We've known each other a long time. Uh, when I was six, I made a decision for Jesus, right? But I didn't really make a decision for Jesus. Does somebody know what I mean this morning? And uh, life was great as a pastor's kid uh, between the age of six and 12 when we had the church. I'd run around and it was great because everybody loved you. Even if people hated you, they had to love you because you're the pastor's kid. You could get away with everything. Uh, People, young and old, would give you free stuff all the time. You could throw a sausage roll at somebody and get away with it. It was great. I loved being a pastor's kid. Um, But when I was 12 years old, my dad had an affair with somebody in the church. And my whole life, right, my whole decision for Jesus, gone out the window because it wasn't a decision for Jesus. It was based on my mum and dad did it, so I'm going to do it as well. And from that moment, I, I, was a, I was a great soccer player. I was killing it, played for the junior Jets. I just had it going on. So I just Instagram filter on my life. I was very broken on the inside, lost and hurting as a young teenager. But that was the real photo. But I just would put a filter on of my cool soccer skills and just pretend that everything was okay and all together. But it wasn't on the inside. Every day in the car, as mum would drop my brother and I at school, she would quote a scripture to me, Romans 8, 28. Hey, guys, God works all things together for good for those that love him. It's going to be okay. And she would quote that day after day, week after week, month after month to my brother and I. Now, I didn't want to go to church. We went to a church called Macquarie Hills back then, Macquarie Life Church, great church. This is where this uh, church actually came from. And, uh, but I hated going. I didn't want to go. And mum would bribe us with McDonald's to get us there on the Sunday night service. So I would go to church for a medium cheeseburger meal deal, praise God. And I didn't like it, but I said, I did. I love that. Mm, I just finished a 10-day Daniel fast, and I went there on Friday night at midnight and smashed it. It was awesome. But I'd sit at the back of the church service. And I just couldn't. The, the youth used to sit uh, down the front in this big section here. And I was just so full of fear as a young person. I couldn't walk down there and sit with them because I just thought that maybe uh, there, there wouldn't be a seat for me. I was empty. I was anxious. I, and it was all on the inside. And I, I just had this kind of cocky thing on the outside. And I, I mean, I was just all over the show. I was emotionally uh, lost. And I remember even in that church, one day I I walked, I literally tried, I can see it down the aisle as I'm facing this way, it was on the right, and I'm coming down and I stopped and I freaked out. And I remember just putting my head down, I turned around, I walked back uh, to the back section and sat with mom because I just couldn't handle it. Too full of fear, too lost, too broken, couldn't do it. I remember sitting at the back and I just 
out of it. But day after day, week after week, month after month, mom would just say to me, man, God works all things together for good for those that love him and and those that are called called according to his purpose. That's you. It's going to be okay. We're going to get through. You know those people who always say, uh, hey, I'm all good. Things are all good. And you're kind of like, are you sure? Because stuff's not really, doesn't look like it's okay at the moment. Can I help you? No, no, it's all good. You know, they might be losing their house or their hair could be on fire. But those people that are always like, no, it's all good. It's like, Jimmy, your hair's on fire. Your dog's eating your cat. Things are crazy, please. And Jimmy's like, no, man, I'm all good. You know those, yeah, anyone, yeah. You know, if God's going to work something to the good, he can't, how can he work it to good if it's already good? If you're always saying, God, I'm good, you're saying, God, I don't need you. If you can't come to him and say, God, I'm broken, I'm lost. God can't take what is already good and turn it to good, can he? You ought to come to him with a soft heart. And I remember one day in that youth group of Macquarie, I just went, you know what? God, I'm not good. I'm going to take this Instagram filter off. I'm just going to be the real photo. I'm going to be the real deal before you. I've been pretending that things are good. And you couldn't work it together for good because I was pretending. And I remember the Holy Spirit coming and meeting me and changing my life for the first time ever. And my brokenness leaving me and being filled with life, real life, like the name of this church, true life. And I just wasn't modified a little bit by a nice word from a youth pastor or a chaplain, but I was transformed from the inside out and I changed forever. And do you know that 16 years later, the same church that I walked into as a broken young person, I, got, I, I go to a different church now, I got invited to speak in their Sunday night service. And I remember 16 years before that I was the most fearful, uh, the most anxious, lost broken young person in the whole building. But at that time, I was like the most special person in the building. I was the guest speaker that everybody came to hear. And you know what? I remember standing there. I could see myself as a broken person coming through. And I remember standing there thinking, you know what? God does work all things together for good. I'm here now. And I mean, back then I couldn't speak in front of three people, let alone 300 people in that service. God truly can work all things together for good if we come to him with our brokenness and just because he delays a little while in our, in his answer to us doesn't mean he denies it we just close our eyes across this place this morning i just want to pray for you and i just i wonder if you're here this morning and you're new and you're kind of like i don't really know what's going on but i feel different i feel different this morning And I want in. I want in on this Jesus thing. I want to know that I'm loved. I want, man, things aren't good for me right now. And I want to, man, I want to know this God who works things together for the good, for the best. I want to know this this God that has been spoken about this morning who's got more for me, more than I can think, more than I can ask, more than I can imagine. Maybe you're here and you already are a Christian, but the Holy Spirit's speaking to you this morning and there's something going on in your life, a situation, a a circumstance that you just feel trapped in. That, that, you know what, if you you looked at your life as a photo, you've got to filter up and you're pretending that things are good. Well, God can't turn it to good. God can't change it unless you bring it before Him. Take the filter off yourself and say, you know what, God, here I am. Please, come. Take my life, transform it, take my situation, make it new again. If you were honest this morning 
and you're in one of those categories, you want to make a decision for Jesus for the very first time, or you need to come back to him and bring your situation to him and let God come and transform, would you just put your hand up? Because I'm going to pray for you this morning. Thank you for that hand. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, just there's hands going up to everywhere. Just, just put them up nice and straight. I'm going to pray for you this morning. I believe, you know what, you don't have to walk out of this place the same way you walked in. The God, he wants to move in your life, and he's going to move right now. I believe it with everything that I am. Thank you for responding. There's hands going up. Beautiful. I'm going to wait one more moment because I believe there's more people who are going to respond this morning. So good. So good. Thank you very much. All right, pop your hand down. I'm going to pray with you this morning. Father, I just thank you for all these incredible people who have come this morning to worship you. Lord, to come and find out more about you. I pray, Father, for every hand that has responded. Lord, maybe if their hand didn't go up, but their heart's open right now at this moment, I thank you that you're going to come and you're going to meet their need, Holy Spirit. I pray you'd come in power this morning, that, Lord, you wouldn't just change a little bit of them, but you change the whole thing. That, God, I thank you that you can do far more, immeasurably more than all we can ask, all we can imagine all we can think of God you have more according to your power that is in a work in us and I thank you that your power is at work this morning come and transform these incredible people I thank you by your grace and by your power I thank you for miracles across this place God not just on a Sunday but on a Monday Tuesday Wednesday all through the week in the workplace God I pray you'd inspire people I ask this morning that God people would recognize that you are today in this moment the resurrection and the life that God you'd give us greater revelation Lord as you gave Mary and Martha and every person I declare God greater revelation for every single soul this morning for every life here that God you would take people God to new levels, that you would increase people's lives. I declare God prosperity over this house and over these people. I thank you that you want us to prosper financially. God, I thank you, Lord, for for families to be reconciled and healed by the power of the name of Jesus. I thank you for miracles. Miracles. That God, miracles aren't just for Bible times. They're for now. And I thank you for it. In the mighty name of of Jesus. Amen. One more thing before I go and get off. Um, is it Josh? I just felt for you, um, had a picture of the, the burning bush with Moses and, and God speaks to him and he comes to the burning bush and as he's coming, uh, God speaks to him and says, take off your sandals for where you're meeting me is holy ground. And uh, I believe that you've got a great leadership call on your life and that, you know what, that the 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 strength for your public ministry in the community and in the church, okay, is found in your private devotion, all right? Strength for the public. And you know what? It's a public faith because it was a public death and resurrection of Christ. There is no which way about it. He's called you, so you need to step out and, and take a leap. But it's found, the strength for ministry, the boldness, the courage is found in private devotion. And when, and I feel that as, as Moses took his sandals off, you need to come before God and take everything off. Just pray, distraction gone. Forget about this. Forget about that. Put your homework down for a second. Come before God. And he's going, to be, he's going to meet with you. And he's going to take you to new levels, okay, in your life. I believe that over you. And I thank you for this young man. In Jesus' name, I declare that over him. Awesome. Thanks so much again. I really appreciate it. Yeah, let's give, us a, give a hand for Matt. That was fantastic. And that last word for Josh, geez, I can, 
I'll take a bit of that myself. 